Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Mel Hamilton Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale and Josh Fry. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. It's a beautiful day out there, isn't it? Yes, it is. Saturday morning. So, uh, hey, it's call-in show, 316-462-3673. Anything ailing your car, tires, brakes, batteries, anything you want to talk about in the automobile world, love to hear from you. And you get a great price package, about over 130 bucks. And as always, Josh... What's in that lovely package? Uh, so we're going to mail it out to you, but it's going to consist of the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. <clears throat> we use Motorcraft oil and filter products here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Uh, while we're performing that, we're going to complete a multi-point inspection on your vehicle, checking over the brakes, tires, steering, suspension, all the safety-related components, uh, making sure that vehicle's ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. You'll also receive yourself $10 to Mel's Diner, so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're here with us at the Big Corner. You get complete nitrogen for your tires, so you get all the great benefits that nitrogen has to offer. And then a BG products package, which consists of a can of MOA or motor oil additive for your engine oil. And then a CF5 for your fuel system. Again, just getting that vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, 316-462-3673. Morning, Delbert. Glad you joined us already here. And uh, guy, we kind of missed everybody last we did, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, sorry about not being on uh, last Saturday, but also thanks for, thanks for the patience for letting us not be on last Saturday. So uh, <laughs> very true. Yeah. A little, little of both ways. Hope had, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Everybody, we were closed on Saturday, Sunday and Monday. So the whole store got a free, th- free, a free, three, a three day, weekend. day weekend, which was yep. very cool. Uh, from that part so excited for that thing for that part of the equation too so uh hope everybody had a safe and uh happy memorial weekend for sure uh, yes as well exactly so anyway let's get the phones ringing 316-462-3673 and uh, love to hear from you and anything ailing your car tires brakes batteries whatever it might be josh you got something up your sleeve this I morning do. so yeah. uh yeah. what do you got i do so today uh i thought we would talk about uh a couple of different uh topics. So Kelly and I got the opportunity to uh, go to, uh, it was Southeast High, but it was, uh, which is, uh, I'd never been there before. Didn't even know it was on 127th and uh, Pawnee uh, this week. Um, so it's it was for the whole USD uh, 259 school district and they bust the kids in from the different schools to that deal. And it was a college career fair day. Um <clears throat> And so we went down to that that school as a, a relatively new school for sure. Oh, really? Uh, Southeast uh-huh. is new. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, I don't know if maybe it was somewhere else and they had just built that one, or you know what the yeah. Uh, but first time in going to to that school. Uh, but anyways, uh, they had uh, different classes. So basically, we we spoke with four different classes, and they could uh, there was an app that they had, and they could go through on the app and basically kind of pick career fields that they were interested in and then that was your class size uh for that for that group um but anyways we uh had quite a few students come through um but being able to show the technology that these new cars we took a mach out there um and then we also took a uh a limited f-150 out there as well uh but just being able to show these students all the technology and all the all the components in these vehicles you know i think we get calloused just being in this industry yeah. day in and day out and seeing normal new, for yeah us. yeah so you know when a new model comes out for for us it may be one or two things that they add because you're used to all the old features mm-hmm. but when you take somebody that's never even been in you know a ford 
product or somebody that's, you know, the last Ford product they had was from five years ago or six years. Like there is so much technology that changes in that time span or time gap. And so, you know, I think back over my career uh, time in this industry and think of like where it's came from, from where it started out and it's huge. But then it just doesn't seem as big when you take it in in little bites, you know. Yeah. Uh, when it's when it's uh, the the change comes one or two items at a time, but uh, the amount of safety that goes on in one of these new vehicles—that's some of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Was okay. specifically yeah. safety, uh, the technology and safety that I don't even think drivers even know or understand is there. I think a customer, there's stat out there that they really know 20% of what's on their car. Yeah. And they probably use 5% of what's on their car. Yeah. But if they knew about the other 80%, how much more would they use? I guess. Well, or maybe not so much use it, but the perceived value. You know, oh, okay. when, when, yeah. you're, when you're looking at a vehicle and it's $80,000 or, Try to you understand know, why yeah, $60,000, like why, why is it, why is it that much? But I think if you, if you really understood the vehicle and what it was doing and all the all that was put into it the engineering and the you know the testing and stuff like that uh then it, i think the conversation would be well how can they sell it for eighty thousand dollars you know uh from from that side of it and mm -hmm. so uh it was a had a great time out there uh, and just to see going over a list of what the vehicle would do and there's i mean so we i had four different classes and i i know for a fact i didn't hit everything on all four classes i'm sure there's yeah. stuff that i forgot about that you know mm -hmm. um that i didn't get to convey to them is what was on the on the vehicle and so but just the the all struck and the technology that's in these things and everybody's perception of a technician and what that is like versus what it actually is is yeah. so much different oh yeah i agree with that too okay so what do you got to show us i see you got the other screen yeah ready yeah to go. i do so we've got another screen here but today you're talking specifically about technology so well i don't yeah you can go ahead and flip flip uh this deal over here and then if you go down uh right, here uh, come one over right there, there. yeah click on that thing so today talking starting to talk anyways specifically about uh adas okay hey, what the heck's adas okay so it's, i don't know what that is either advanced driver assistance systems that's okay. what adas stands for okay and that's so, all these circles yeah that's all these so this is this is not even really a hundred percent of what could be but if you look at all these sensors and all these cameras and different things that these vehicles have, and I don't know, we may take this banner down here just so okay. we can see the definitions uh, up there. Here, right. there. Yeah, no, I think it's back in the captions and then scroll down. Yeah, there you go. So click on that deal. Yeah, there we go. Okay. But all the different radars and cameras and all of this stuff that's on these on these vehicles like i don't think the the everyday consumer really any consumers understands what your vehicle is monitoring or looking as you're at driving down the as road. you're just driving down the road even setting there it's doing yeah. this stuff yeah so i mean you have everything on here from uh lane. Okay, let's, let's start off with lane, long range radio wave that's the one at the silver 
our gray bar going coming out just pedestrian access. So that's so, what it's watching for people, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, and that's the other thing is all the different versions of cameras. So you have actual cameras, you have LIDAR, you have radar, you have uh, sonar, um, you know, just yeah. the, just the different things. And then, I mean, I'll even take this one step further. And I think you're uh, privy to this, or, you know, we've talked about this this week too, is that, now you take all these systems and when they're all working great, it's perfect. But when they're not, like it can be a real nightmare to figure out something. I mean, we've got uh, instance with the blue cruise right now that we're, yeah. that we're fighting. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't even think that it's anything that a technician can, can fix. Can fix. I think it's in the configuration from engineering. Yeah. That, that, that they, they, yeah. That they have to, to uh, fix in order to be able to give the technician his tools to do what he needs to do. Well, it's kind of like my analogy that I've used back before in my day as a technician. If you walked in the shop and I had my shop manual, I had no clue what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, today, if you're not sitting there with a computer, you know, there's no way you're going to diagnose these cars. But again, and I remember somebody making fun of me about putting updates <laughs> in cars. <laughs> but that is true. There's so many situations now today that updates fix these cars. Well, and I mean, we can even go uh, stepping aside from this a little bit, but Ford's even pushing a model. And there's a lot of manufacturers out there that are pushing the same model, but going to over-the-air updates. Because there are so many situations where tweaking or modifying a calibration one way or the other will uh, fix a concern or even prevent a concern from even happening. And yeah. so uh, a lot of these manufacturers or automobiles, when they're at home at night and they're hooked to your Wi-Fi, they're repairing themselves. Yeah, they are. They're updating and doing the stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, and so for them to be able to do that, it's definitely cool. Uh, but also, and it's just a matter of consumer experience, less number of visits to a dealership, you know, uh, things like that. Um, but just over all these systems here, uh, the amount of safety that's in here, but then what I want to point out or what I want to uh, talk about in this is the average consumer doesn't understand that you can do them a minuscule thing to take, say, this vehicle on the screen. Let's say you uh, replace a side mirror on this vehicle. Mm -hmm. You got some programming to do. You got to go through a recalibration and programming just for putting a side mirror on it. Yeah, because a lot of the cameras are in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. There, there's cameras in the mirror for the uh, side detection. Uh, like your panoramic view, uh, stuff like that. Let's say you, um, let's say you, uh, put like a headlight in this vehicle. Oh yeah. I can tell that already. That's going to be a, so typically now uh, a headlight bulb to, to change a headlight bulb years ago, it was a matter of flipping couple, it out a couple screws. And yeah, my deal was the old big old mm -hmm. round headlights and putting the real chrome ringer and I got a Phillips screw <laughs> in the bottom holding her in and you put it in there. Yeah. I mean, literally to change a headlight bulb now on a car, you're two and a half hours into it because you remove the front bumper fascia, you pull the headlight out, then you're, you know, you're changing, changing the bulb from there. Now, does a headlight go out like it used to? No. no. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. But yeah, the consumer doesn't, doesn't understand that or know what you have to go to. Now you get it all back together and you've got to go through and do a, another back to another yeah, calibration calibration and seeing how to set it up. So it does work correctly. So when we, we brought in, we got this new, uh, new machinery and this has been, I don't know, probably a year ago at this point. Um, yeah. 
this uh, this equipment to go through and redo all these calibrations. We brought the uh, it's from Hunter, and we brought the Hunter uh, technician in to uh, train all the technicians on how to how Set to it use up this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that we talked about is you take just any one of these sensors so take your pedestrian access sensor or the traffic signal sensor um, out there and you take that sensor and let's say it's off a half degree or even less let's say it's off a, a you know yeah. a, a tenth of a degree or an eighth of a degree which you think about that that's nothing i think it is yeah but then you take that distance and you go out 30 foot and add that half 40 degree. foot it's to where off. it's looking so we he had a slide and i sh i should have uh, seen if i could get it but uh so you're monitoring let's say you're monitoring the vehicle in front of you for the for the braking system and it's off an eighth of a degree by the time you get to where it's monitoring it it's actually monitoring the complete opposite lane than what the vehicle's in yeah because it's, it's misaligned yeah. because it's misaligned and so now that system is not doing you any good yeah or it could cause you yeah, to crash. It could cause you to crash on the on the other side of it, and so the calibration of these things, and then you know, how does it get off? Okay, well, you know, did we hit a bird and it you know busted yeah. up the front front grill, or uh, did we change a component one way or the other? You know, the one of the things that that we get into or we have gotten into is uh, a customer hits something or scratches something takes to a body shop and they paint it and they the thickness of the paint on the sensor is too much and it doesn't allow the system to do what it needs to do i still remember you know going back a little bit we used to put the chrome rocker panels on vehicles to make yep. them look good on the bottom mm -hmm. and uh and we'd put it between the fender between the wheels and we put them on the back side of the trucks and stuff and i remember it was just god this was probably at least five six years ago and uh, put them chrome pieces on the back, and also know we got blind sight errors because the camera was right back there, and that putting that piece of, of cladding cladding yeah. on there blocked that sensor from seeing the blind sight mark. Had to take them off. Uh, so yeah, it's it's crucial on how much these things. And um, so now let's go back through again. You set this machine up to recalibrate. How long does it take it to calibrate? So honestly, it depends on the vehicle that you're working on. You know the number of systems that are in there but it can take it can take up to two and a half hours if you have you know multiple mm -hmm. subsystems and and the thing is you adjust one camera and then this affects those cameras and that affects these cameras and so it's not like just go in and and take care of the one system everything's interlinked or interconnected and when you change one thing you've got to go through and update Everything It'd be else. interesting to go to the assembly line and watch it as they're building these things and calibrating these cameras and all that stuff. And then the other thing is that these, uh, uh, the, like the system that we have, uh, it actually gives you like a certification stamp or letter at the end of the program to know that, everything's to know that everything is good to go. And if you've, if you've not got that, then you've got to figure out what's going on or why, why it's not doing that. But uh, so one of the things that, that we got into uh, this week was involving these systems and glass mm -hmm. windshields. You know, I always talk about um, really you get what you pay for, whether it's, you know, whether it's uh, there, there's a, if something's cheaper or less expensive, for the most part, there is 
normally going to be a reason as to why that is. Yep. Um, and so this, uh, this week we had got involved with uh, a windshield being replaced on a vehicle and customer elected to go with an aftermarket glass or aftermarket windshield, which huge comparison in expense, higher mileage vehicle. So I get it. I mean, I understand yeah. why, why you would, uh, why you would do that, but in doing that with this system and what all it monitors and everything like that, there was a cause and effect. So the had a heads up display that would indicate, you know, vehicles in front. Um, and if your closing speed was too, uh, too quick, it would notify you or flash. Um, well with the aftermarket glass, it actually made that system to where the depth of which it notified you was different from the factory glass. But then you think about it, what's the clarity of the glass? Thickness. What's the thickness of it? You know, all those, those, that camera, what's the, the position or angle of the camera, how it reads, um, you know, how are the, how is the glass bonded uh, in between the layers? Uh, there's so many different things, again, cause and effect. And so, yeah, it was a cheaper glass, but now you've also elected to alter this system from factory so you really don't know what you have long term, right? And, and, and I'm gonna, I'm going to go another step too. Is that glass? People, I don't, I don't, I didn't realize it for a long time too. The glass is is actually a structurally fit thing that helps the car. It's correctly it's, in a crash yes. and everything certified point. to assist in the aid of a crash. So whether it's the deployment of the airbags, I mean, a lot of airbags, especially the passenger side airbag will come up and hit the glass and then the glass deflects the airbag out to the uh, out to the occupant uh, from that side. And so if the structural integrity of the glass is lessened, it's going to change how that airbag deploys. Gotcha. And there's just so much on the, on the safety side of it. And then, you know, everybody says, okay, well, I'm never going to be in a wreck. Well, that might be true, but you're never going to want it there's never going to be a time in your ownership that you wish you had the best of everything other than in that moment. And to, to, uh, degrade that or change that, um, beforehand is, is really unfair, I guess, so to speak, you know, you're not doing yourself a, a service, a long-term service, uh, any good for sure. So, but just the amount of, uh, amount of cameras, amount of, uh, things that the vehicle's monitoring, it, it, it'll blow you away if you stop and really think about it and understand exactly what it's doing. Yeah, I get it anyway. So, you know, and then this picture you have here, uh, is being a, um, there's probably more stuff going on here than what we can really yeah. see here. What's happening there too. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, the, uh, just going through and listing all the components, whether it's the lane, lane keeping assist or the, uh, adaptive cruise control, the, uh, collision avoidance, the pedestrian awareness, the, you know, the backup cameras, the park aids front and rear all the way around the lane, 
uh, lane keeping, uh, blind spot monitoring. Uh, I mean, there's just so many, um, so many things. Uh, the other side of it is uh, headlights, automatic dimming headlights is another uh, thing that uses uh, this system. Um, anyway, Tim Daniels got a question here. Why wouldn't Ford cut out the windshield area around the cameras and sensors so they wouldn't be part of the windshield replacement? Well, part of that is because most of those cameras are hanging on the rear view mirror. Yeah. That's because they got to point forward and stuff too. So that mirror is where they're anchoring on there uh, from that part. You can look up at those windshields now in the center. You see a little mirror hanging up there. Now you got a big old mass of stuff setting up there to be able to see those cameras. I don't know if you've got a better. Well, and so I was even thinking not just uh, specific Ford, but I was thinking of any manufacturer. I think that I don't know of any manufacturer that doesn't put the camera in the in the, where the where, where the, the mirror, rear mirror are. I mean, you think it's so, got to see out to I think, be able to see what's going on. I think some of it is just to have the protection of the glass covering covering the lens of the camera so that if a rock jumped up or something like it's going to break the windshield instead of the camera. Um, you know, uh, but then I'm like I said, and then I think too, just the, uh, the position being kind of the highest center point of the vehicle, uh, for observation or, or viewing, I'm sure is probably another reason why that thing is up give there a like big, it is. Give yeah. big enough view of a yeah. picture or wide enough view to come kind of come through there and stuff too. as opposed to like on the grill of the car or, uh, so you're able to kind of cover if you look at the blue line right where it goes across the the front fenders of the car you're able to see kind of the whole front end of the car uh from that angle or perspective and yeah I don't, i'm trying to think of I guess i'm not trying to throw another kink here or whatever so let's go to the blue cruise cars okay is this is this all is still the same amount of cameras for the blue crew cars or is there more cameras for blue no crew? so there are uh, there are some more and this this image is really just I mean, it's a little bit of a generic uh, overall range, but there are more uh, sensors because like this one here doesn't even have the out of the taillights. Uh, so our um, uh, radar coming out of the our rear taillights is not uh, yeah. in this image um, as well. Okay, so now let's, so, go, let's go another step further. We got Blue Cruise, mm -hmm. but is the Blue Cruise the same thing like on an F-150? Is that the same thing in the Mach-E? Is it a Blue Cruise car too, or is there something different for the Yeah, I think they're. I think those systems totally different, aren't they? Yeah, are yeah. are uh, different. I know, uh, like the even the the facial recognition portion of that is different between the F one fifties and the Mach-E's um, as well. Uh, well, and so let's go and you know. Just think about how things are going to progress. You know, I keep thinking when these new cars come out, there's not much more can be put on these cars to do, but there is. There's more stuff coming yeah. we can believe here. But just think of the technology as, as cameras have improved over years. Sure. And different things they're going to come up with to be able to to do this. And, you know, it's like right now the on the Blue Cruise on F-150, as soon as you change lanes, it cuts out. I hear they're awful close to having when you change lanes, it's going to stay engaged too. Don't know if that's going to be an upgrade or whatever to the existing trucks or whatever from that part, but... So while we're while we're on the topic of cameras, let's let's talk about that just for a second. So I want to know um, from I need somebody to call in. I've, uh, uh, they've basically federally mandated rear view cameras on a vehicle. You got I didn't realize that. You got to yeah, have a backup you, camera. You got on new production models of vehicles. You have to have a backup camera. So to a consumer, do you use your backup camera or do you use your mirrors? Or do you turn around? What? How do you do that? And then one, 
if it is that you use your rear view mirror or your uh, cameras, have you gotten to a vehicle that didn't have that camera and how did it make you feel? <laughs> Cause I'll tell you, I got an Explorer the other day and I, it did not have a backup camera and it just, it just threw me completely off not having that backup camera for sure. It just, uh, it made me have a new understanding of how reliant you become on those comfort yeah. features. I still, like I told you the other day when, when I was teaching Jake and Ellie to drive and of course, every car I had had a backup camera and they were using that to back up. I said, don't you dare. You learn to back up without <laughs> that backup camera. But now today, I mean, shoot. <laughs> Hey, to tell you how many times I look behind myself to back up anymore. So, uh, what you know, the evolution of the the monkey, I guess. So, my question is, do our necks not pivot far enough now for, because we don't because we don't turn around? To... Okay, Delbert says I have a small issue with my front camera. The window is clean, and a nice day. The camera seems to decide it doesn't want to operate. I can't remember what it tells me, but I. Just hit the OK button, and after that, uh, I don't notice anything any different. You know, so obviously clarity is one thing, and then we've run into this too. Okay, yeah, it looks clear and everything's fine, but I've seen uh, small pits in the windshield or like a little rock chip or sand pit, and it'd be something that you would think there's no way that that's the problem with something. We, we had an F-150 the other day that we put a windshield in it, and it fixed it, and just looking at it, and the clarity of it and like i i could not have told you that there was a problem with the windshield but we put a windshield in it and it fixed the truck i mean after yeah. we had done multiple other components to try and to try and resolve it just because we were in disbelief that it was the windshield uh, but sure enough that that fixed it up so there's a there's a lot of a lot of things so uh, one verifying i guess the clarity of it uh and cleanliness of it but then the second thing is um alignment you know going going to talk about the alignment all the time is a is a huge thing and so to make sure that that is seeing what it's what it's supposed to be seeing yeah in the right direction going back to your calibrations and updates is all the systems you know where where they need to be on the level that they need to be you know, let's go, you know, the, these cars are doing these over the, over the air updates at night or whenever you, you can schedule them to do it mm -hmm. when you want them to do it or whatever. I'm just wondering how much more down the road we will get with that. You know, I, I, I do see it being more and more, uh, for sure. The thing with the over the air updates is there's only, there's only so much that the manufacturers are going to be able to do on those because here's why they can't, they can't take a vehicle offline for a consumer, you know, so the updates that they're pushing to these, um, the updates that they're pushing to these vehicles are, I don't want to, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to classify this or word this. I would say like low level updates, you know, yeah, things they're not like that. It's not going to be something that is powertrain related or transmission related that if they're doing sync updates, yeah, if it was in the minor update, minor updates, I guess is how you want to, if it was it. in the middle of the update and the consumer needed their car, that vehicle has to start and run and drive down the road. Uh, you know, and there's only certain numbers of updates that, that they're able to do that. For. I see. Okay. So that makes sense. They can't, so it's doing its over the air update and the customer's got to go at four o'clock in the morning and it's doing its update and guess what? It can't run because it's in the middle of an update. Yeah. And they're not going to leave a consumer stranded 
because of an update. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just can't. You just can't do that. And so, so I just wonder what I'm saying is, how's the technology going to improve to where maybe they can do these updates in ten minutes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you know. So definitely from that, you know, and that's even something to to talk about is just what it takes to. I mean, we can go back all the way back to OBD one or even before that on scanning a vehicle mm-hmm. and what it takes to to pull a diagnostic trouble code. Your check engine light comes on. What's wrong with it? I mean, years ago, all the way back, you took a paper clip and you stuck it in the DLC. That's how I started. And the, and the, <laughs> well, well, and you yeah, watch the light flash. And the, and the check engine light flashed at you. And we had two digit codes. Okay, starting it, with starting with ten. And no, it took, starting with eleven. Yeah. Uh, so thirteen. 13 was the oxygen yeah. sensor. Yeah. So 11 started the, the, yeah, reading 11. the codes. And then there was another code at the end of it that said that you were finished. So yeah, basically so you, so it started got, with this one, then it flashed so you the knew code. You was done. Yeah. And then it may flash so you another have, you code. You have two or three codes in there. Mm-hmm. And then the 21 end, is TPS. Yeah. And then in code 33 map sensor. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that took. To, there was 20 codes, if I remember correctly, on the first set, on the first cars that come out in, in the mid 80s. So 85, to, I think. Was to, the first. To do that process, how long did it take? A minute, maybe. Yeah. Two I, minutes, maybe. I mean, yeah, something no, like that. no time at all. And then you go to, so kind of OBD1 was that realm of things. Uh, then they got more standardized and you had uh, consistency in OBD1 across all manufacturers. Because when they first came out, a manufacturer could have what oh, they had call kind of, I remember a data getting, link connector. I remember getting this, the scan tool out and trying to figure out which connector I was going to use because there was just oodles of connectors. There's like 43 plugs. Yeah. And then do you, then uh, you had a cat, you, you had the key, had the key to put in there and make it in there that completed the circuit yeah. in the right way. <laughs> yeah. So you had all the, I mean, it, 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 to physically scan the vehicle and check the code maybe took a minute, but it took you probably 10 minutes to figure out where the connector was, what, plug yeah. you're supposed to use and so the they came out uh manufacturers came out and said okay hold on here we got to have some consistency here and so the data link connector had to be uh a certain distance from the steering column and so everybody you Kinda know pretty much, yep. pretty much uh, where they're at so you didn't have to search all around and then they had a standardized connector that all the yep. dlcs had to be the same connector uh, and then you go to obd2 and with that, you know, obviously became more more modules, more communication, and to go through and scan a vehicle with OBD two really ranged from you know maybe five minutes to ten minutes, depending upon how many different modules there are uh, in it. And then, I mean, now we're up to just Ford specifically the FDRS system, but the number of modules and codes that are out there, I mean, l- literally to check for diagnostic trouble codes and every module on a vehicle it's a 20 minute process yep. it's a 15 to 20 minute process to go through and do it correctly and then you want to run to a parts store and get a code reader out and try to figure out your and code you, right yeah uh-huh. somebody drives into o'reilly's and said hey they scanned my code and it took two seconds to do and they gave me this code and said i needed an oxygen sensor uh-uh <laughs> so far bad yeah. so the first of all there's our which oxygen sensor yeah because <laughs> there's only six on them now there's there's absolutely no way possible that first of all the the code you got was a generic code it's it wasn't a manufacturer specific code it was a generic code yeah. now they could have threw a dart 
and landed on bullseye. I'm not saying that that couldn't happen, but man, the odds of it and the chances. Yeah. I'm betting the other way though. I'll promise you that is, is so far from actually being able to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, Hey, three, one, six, four, six, two, three, six, seven, three. Love to hear from you. Anything in your car, tires, brakes, batteries, you want to talk about this technology, whatever you want to talk about, we'd love to hear from you and give you that great price package about over 130 bucks. So I still want to know from a backup camera perspective is who uses them versus I use them every day. Every yeah. time I get in there, I put it in reverse. <laughs> it's on and I'm watching the camera. I don't bend my, it is right. We're going to start getting some neck muscles going on. Yeah. Josh, getting their heads worked in. <laughs> yes. We're not turning our heads around. They call it the owl syndrome. You got to get your head on the swivel. Well, I'm going to tell you. It, before we got everything hooked up on the on the race trailer and back in the stall and everything, I had to turn my head around, and make sure where I was at and everything. I was like, "Woo, boy, my necklace got hurt now." I think about it. <laughs> Go so. home at night and have Mary rub it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, so any questions about technology or how much you use, don't use uh, from that part? And uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm driving a Raptor right now, and I miss the Blue Cruise already. Because I use it, I mean, coming down 235, everything else like that. So, and for you, like the route you were taking, that Blue Cruise probably. Uh, You'd go all the way down Kellogg. It would get uh, 235. And as soon as I'd get off on uh, uh, on Meridian there, it was it was off. Yeah. And so but, the uh, route that I was taking, you know, going home, it, it cuts it off a maze. At maze and so it didn't yeah. really do, do me anything. Good. I did, you know, I used it uh, from time to town. And, time to time and stuff and it definitely seemed cool i just uh for me and it, it was like adaptive cruise control really yeah uh, when that first came out i i didn't really use it and the reason for it is not that i didn't trust it it's just i would find myself in the right lane you know i'd have my cruise set let's say the speed limit was 70 i'd have it set at maybe 71 to uh -huh, yeah. okay um, hey josh <laughs> My mom, I told me to go same place for lying as you do stealing. So but, <laughs> you had her set on 79. I know. <laughs> but I'd come up behind a car that was doing 65 yep. and I'm not paying a bit of attention in the world to my speed. And I'd look down and I'm doing, you know, 65 instead of 71 or 72. <laughs> and so for me, it was more about the, the I guess, kind of relinquishing control of the vehicle. Yep. Uh, oh, but, yeah. And, and I see the same thing with Blue Cruise. But now, man, adaptive cruise control. I, you getting something that doesn't have it, and I yeah, mean, I'll run for somebody. Well, and my deal is just you got to trust it. And yeah. Those first couple of times, it's hard to trust that thing. Sure. You know it's going to break and stop, and 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 uh, from that part. But boy, I tell you, I do miss the Blue Cruise to be able to, you know, I'm driving safe and everything else. You know, from that part. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be truthful. It's a lot easier to text with that Blue Cruise, and it's not. I don't text and drive. I drive and text. Yeah, there you go. One, so. one with the other. <laughs> one with the other. But hey, anyway, anything. Uh, hey, everybody, love to hear from you. Any uh, technology questions you got or experiences you have uh, from that part? Love to hear from you and, and uh, figure out exactly what you're using and what you don't use. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah, so I can't wait for the Blue Cruise to be having the lane change to stay in there and staying engaged and stuff, too. Uh, I, I'm almost wondering what's going to be new on the 24 F-150, what new technology you're going to put into that truck. Well, and I, you know, you think about that. I like what what could be next. <laughs> oh, I know. That's what I said. What can be next? It's uh, uh, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I know they're going to advance the the Blue Cruise and the autonomous driving and you know yeah. stuff like that for sure. Well, um, you know, I'm going to go to that Super Duty I'm using to pull a race trailer with. I mean, when I got in, it's a Lariat. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles on it yet, but the heads up display. 
up in the windshield. I yeah. missed that because years ago, you know, GM had it. But now the thing that's up there in heads up display used to be just a speedometer and maybe a couple of little things when GM had it. Engine temp or something. So, yeah. But now it's got the navs up in there, your directions in there, your blind sights in there, your lane centering's in there. Uh, it's so cool uh, from that part. But then I'm telling you, the first time that I hit that turn signal on and that camera that's in the mirror shoots all the way down the trailer, yeah. and you can see what's going on. It is so handy to, to pass when you're passing somebody, knowing when to turn in and everything and seeing what you've got there on the side and stuff. So all that technology in these trucks are crazy. I can't wait to get these limiteds and platinums in here to see the all the backup assist and everything they're going to have on them too. So on that uh, <clears throat> on that truck uh, with the 6.7 in it, is that the high output 6.7? It is the high output. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I figured there was a delay on that deal. No, it's, yeah, we got the high output. They're done making the high outputs for 23 yeah. already, but because I, I, I knew it was going to be a high demand, but sure. But they, I don't think they can build all of them with fragile parts and stuff like that too, but it's, I, I, it's got power. Don't, don't kid yourself, but I can't tell that much difference because I'm pulling a different trailer. Now, yeah, that's true. Nick too. and parts guys are pulling our same race trailers and stuff, and they say it's night and day difference how much better, more torque, and more power that the thing has with that. But I'm pulling a bigger trailer this year than what I had, so and, and more weight in there. So I can't re really tell how much difference there is because from that part, what I need to go do is go get a regular truck without the high output, put it on my trailer, and go drive and see how much difference I see from there. But but I will tell you, going to Hayes, and I'm guessing I'm pulling 20,000 is what I'm guessing. I need to weigh. There's a place there in Slime I can weigh it. I need to do that. I just haven't stopped enough to, to do that. But going to Hayes and pulling those hills, going there, that thing will never, never shift out of 10th gear. That's how much torque that thing's got. Pulling those big hills out there and everything, you would think it would downshift, but it will not downshift. It just stays in 10th gear and goes uh, from that part. It's pretty. Well, and then the transmission, too. They've, they've upped the transmission with the select shift mode. Yep. Um, wasn't, was another big ad for that 23. So the transmission is a little bit different than that as well. So, um, well, know, I didn't know they changed the training to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. The, uh, other thing that I was wondering about, and I've not, I don't know, I can't say that I've even been in one yet. They came out with a seven, three in the new super duty. So the gas engines, uh, uh I, I don't think I've drove one of those. I'm not either. We do have one. A guy turned, he ordered a tremor with a seven, three in it and didn't take it. So I've got, a, we got a tremor do sitting you? out here yeah. with a seven, three and available for sale right now that, uh, the guy just didn't take um, from that part. So, yeah, I need to drive a 732. I really never have really drove a 73 that much. The, the gas engine needed something different in for Super Duty options for sure. And so yeah. I, that, well, I think that uh, 73 we'll will meet that demand for sure. Well, and now they've got rid of the 6.2 and went to a 6.8. So I'm not yeah. sure why a 6.8 to 7.3, what the real difference there is in those two motors or whatever either. Because I think they're both back. I think the six eight's back to a push rod motor, just like the seven three is, and stuff too. And why the difference? You you wouldn't think there they'd be that much spec difference to yeah. to have to have that two offerings. Uh, yeah, for I, sure. So yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know. There's got to be some real big difference from that six eight to seven three for sure. So you mentioned the twenty four F one fifty. When do you think uh, we'll see one of those? Well, I got some. Uh, hang on a minute. And then, uh, you know, we were talking about inventory uh, a little bit earlier today. And, you know, we are actually starting to receive uh, some new inventory in um, compared to how we were. It's definitely getting better. Uh, but then also, I think uh, we can kind of talk just a little bit more about inventory and what, what we're starting to see or receive. Hey, Rex is finally here. Morning, Rex. Hey, anyway, uh, kind of some updates on things. This is hot off the press. 
and also has a big disclaimer disclaimer down at the bottom that <laughs> says we can change this at any time. Yeah. So anyway, twenty four F one fifty. Ooh, look at that! They're going to build a third plant for F one fifties. How about that? I didn't catch that till just now, but there's going to be a new plant for F one fifties. Oh, that's the F one. That's the. It's really not the. It's the uh, lightning. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. Okay, so looks like we're going to start building the twenty fours somewhere around the end of November. So we will see them probably. I'm going to guess January first, kind of where we're at now. Here's another trick thing too. Super Duty is um, they're going to start building. 24 super duties at the end of October. So okay. a very, very short run on the 23 model yeah. year trucks from that stuff. So we'll start seeing, we're going to see uh, the 24 super duty in December. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So not too far away on that part too. Now Ranger, that's the new next thing. Rangers, yep. uh, all new Ranger coming and It's uh, of course we're starting to take orders on those, uh, but we will see those guessing somewhere in the middle of september okay and that'll range. be the 24 model 24 model yeah yeah from that part and so. i can remember years ago it'd be july and you'd be getting next year model yep. vehicles yep. uh you know and, and you know to speak to to inventory a little bit like we are actually starting to see some and we actually yeah. have i mean if you wanted a new f-150 right now today we have some on our lot got about uh, 100 setting out there right now on the f-150 so we got some f-150 we got some explorers we got some bronco sports uh we're back up to about 190 units on the ground uh so i you know still the hard thing is a super duty we cannot everything yeah. is made by order on a super duty so uh, and so Broncos kind of getting a little bit lenient on that part too, but not quite yet. There's still still retail orders coming in on those super duties, and then probably what would be maybe the transit vans. Like oh, the, the transit. That's vans. another thing. Is it's that, just that's just uh, transit is so hard, and they're trying to get that ramp back up and everything else like that. I hope that Amazon's got their orders by now, so we can get some of our own orders and stuff too uh, by that part. But uh, transits are is getting very hard. And that, uh, you know, to me, that's the the commercial market on both those vehicles. Really, yep. is is the demand on that commercial market uh, is what's what's made those so mm -hmm. so rare uh, from from that side of it. So. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, if you were uh, in the selection of what we have, are you seeing that they're kind of sticking with the same models in other words like on f-150s like you're producing a lot of like xlts and maybe kind of lariat models and not as many higher ends or the f-150 mix is pretty good really to be honest with you yeah. finally got enough mixes of all the different models and things like that coming uh the higher end truck like the limited and platinum king ranch got a few of them setting out here uh, uh from that part but uh you know our, our bread and butter is the xlt i mean that's yeah. where the most of the trucks are sold is, is in that category and stuff too we got several of those so Lots of things out there available in the F-150 range, that's for sure. And then, you know, with this, I guess, increase in inventory uh, that we're seeing, it's affecting the used market as well, right? Yeah, the, the used market is coming back down. Here's some kind of some stats I heard the other day. Kind of now it's kind of a setting back and looking back a couple of years ago. But basically, pre-COVID to going in, the used car market jumped 
41%. It's come back down now. We're back in the back about 30, 31% now from where we're at. So it's come down about 10%. And that's the guessing game now is where is it going to find land or whatever. But it's also what I envisioned was going to happen is as new cars started coming and we missed all those used car trades that our used car inventory was going to dwindle. And yes, I'm down about a hundred used cars. that what I like to have a setting out here. So that's the next thing is, is that going to drive that used car market back up or is that just going to stabilize it there at that 31% over the COVID COVID years or whatever? I don't know. That's the guessing game of what's, what's going to happen to the market and things like that. My best guess what I bet's going to happen because the we got new car inventory. I think the used car market is going to still dwindle down slowly. And I think we'll we'll land somewhere around the twenty percent range is kind of where we're going to land and, and stay stable there. Now, how quick is it going to get from the thirties to the twenty? I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. that's another guessing game uh, from that part. And I'm going to tell you where I think a <clears throat> where some of it's playing into play is interest rates. I mean, because the interest rates Definitely. have come up, and that affects payments and affects everything in there on, on that equation. Uh, so I think that's going to play the factor in there too. But who knows what that crystal ball's got out there for what that's going to play into what's going to happen? But uh, I'm going to say that uh, we got to get into, I think everything will be stable about a year from now. We'll kind of know where we're at again and what the market's going to go do and everything else from that standpoint too. So, you know, along those same lines, I got a couple of other questions for you. Is, okay. And again, nobody is really going to know, I think, until this deal kind of irons out or levels out. But you have all these vehicles or all these customers or consumers that were on a let's say a pretty consistent trade cycle three years, you yeah. know, that mm -hmm. say, you know, the majority people had in their minds that every three years I want a new vehicle or every two years I want a new vehicle. Yep. Well, now they've disrupted that and they couldn't get that. So is that going to change their buying cycle long-term? You know, so you, you have these people that, uh, changed, uh, traded every three years, but now they've got a paid off vehicle. You know, what's that, what's that going to do to their, you know, to the yeah, buying I mean, cycle it, it long could. term. Well, what it's going to do, in my opinion, it's going to determine their buying cycle when they can buy. Meaning, what do they owe versus what's that vehicle worth? I mean, yeah. that's going to play a lot of factor into that equation. And that's where kind of where we've been is we've been able to sell quite a few people because their trade was worth so much more money uh, from that part. But, you know, depending on what you borrowed, what you did and everything else from that part, what will happen? I don't know. Well, and then you can even take that a step further is that, okay, the, what the market was on that used vehicle six months ago or nine months yep. ago when somebody went into it and now you know i don't want to say it's tanked but it's definitely altered or changed from what it was six months ago and so now somebody may be held in something a little bit longer just because of what they had to pay for it because of what their options was at that point versus you know running, what it's going to be two years from now or three years from now running into that a lot right now with that kind of a situation is you know what's the vehicle worth uh, what's it, what's its payoff? Uh, and then everybody's got a different book out there. You can look at it. And that's the next thing is we have our tool that we bid our cars with that I monitor every day and spend a lot of time watching what the used cars are doing and everything else too. Not just ours. I watch the markets and just seeing what everybody's selling, what's not selling and everything else too. This tool we have is a phenomenal tool, but you know, years ago I could walk up to a used car and pretty much walk around and tell you what that thing was worth today. Mm -hmm. It takes me a minimum. I'm going to tell you a minimum of 10 minutes after, after I get it loaded in the system to go through and make sure that I've got every option clicked that that vehicle has. Uh, cause there's so many options that you can and can't have back and forth to put that in there. And then I look at about four different categories or books or whatever you want to call them uh from what's this thing really 
worth. It's just a matter of doing good market research. Yeah. And then the next thing you'll find and still kind of, it is, you'll see one book that's high and then you got another book down there below that's low. Uh, what's, what is the right number? Uh, and this tool that I have, you know, it lets me know what's out there for sale, how long they've been setting on the lots. And then it's also lets me know what's sold. Uh, how fast and how fast that turn is and stuff like that too and, and what they sold for and so what's something worth it's what's when someone what's wants to pay, pay. <laughs> when they write a check for something that's what something is worth yeah. and that's why you need all this data to know what's selling what it sold for how long it, ha- it took to sell it sort of the market day supply and all that stuff that's setting out there and that that is one thing that is out there right now the market day supply of the used car market is dwindling yeah so will that drive the market back up right now? It hasn't drove it back up yet, but I think it might go back up with the market. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then you have, uh, the other side of that is that's something that you can't just set that and, and let it be, you know, in, no. in three weeks from now, it's no. going to be different. It's every, I've got it down now. It used to be every day. I looked at every stinking car. Now I'm down to twice a week. I'm actually looking at every car seeing what making sure that it's priced right it's on the market all that kind of stuff because that is what it is it's a competitive marketplace out there uh for what everybody's got uh and uh you know i see some dealers that uh have got inventory setting on our lots i see dealers that don't have much i see dealers that are uh putting a ton of money in some cars that i wouldn't have put money in that yeah. kind of thing stuff too uh so i'm being very cautious on that part but i want to take care of everybody the best we can but putting the right value on a car today is very hard and what do you think like long-term so from ford's perspective is that like the lean manufacturing do you think mm-hmm. that they want as many units out there as there was pre-covid no i do not the, you know what i'm I do saying not. i do uh, not i from, do not think they want us you know we at one point we had eight nine hundred new sitting on this ground mm-hmm. out here and i don't think we'll ever be back to that i think if we're back up to 400 we'll be the most we'll probably ever have because that's what they're doing. They're trying to build to order, build more, you know, keep things moving as fast as they can and do a lean production. And and I'm going to be honest with you, us having 400 cars on the ground versus having say eight, even 800 cars on the ground is much more profitable for us to have 400 than it has 800 because the interest rates and everything else we got to pay floor plan interest on those cars sitting out there. But if we can have the right mix, the right demand, the right colors, the right stuff, and I think the other thing that would play in that too is that if a consumer wanted a car and you could get it in a very reasonable amount of time, and that's you know, yeah, and that's getting there. If I, if you, you know, if you order an F one fifty today, we're back down to that six eight week window. Uh, even on a cheaper Super Duty right now, I'm seeing it's about ninety days that I can really, get a, yep. you know, a, a, an XLT or lower. If you put one of those in, it's it's crazy how fast you're getting built. I put a truck in two weeks ago and it's ready in the plant. Yeah, uh, uh, an XLT crew cab four wheel drive and a diesel too, and it's in the plant two weeks later uh from that part uh explorer kind of same way i could have one sitting here in six eight weeks uh bronco sports about the same way uh from that part so uh it's getting there we're getting better uh the supply and demand but uh you know the thing is still is we're still building a lot of vehicles that don't have all the chips or parts in them too from that part you know it's like uh still the f-150s today have no heated steering wheel they have uh, no massage seats they have uh uh, the advanced auto, security, start, auto yeah, starts yeah. out of them, the advanced security systems out of them, uh, for all the chips and parts that they can't build. And now on the super duties, we can't get a fifth wheel prep package. We can't get spraying bed liners. Uh, and, uh, and also the high end seats had to be, t- they told us to take them out of some orders and we did, uh, that part. So they're still not getting, they're building units, but we just don't have all the options on these units that yeah. we have that are coming in. And then, the uh, the, 
kind of the other side of that is, and I've thought that too for many years, even pre-COVID, is just all the different options that they've have in some of these vehicles. Like why they wouldn't make it more standardized just for ease of manufacturing. You know, you you, and it's you going, would think going down an assembly line when you add. Yeah. Uh, so what's so many units that have this? And so that. what they're doing, Josh, they're going into what they call rapid replenishment. So they've went out, for example, let's take uh, Explorer, and uh, they've went out and they've got enough data now to know that that the this trim level, these colors are your most popular colors, and so they come out and they tell us, okay, here's your rapid replenishment for your stock orders. Uh, do you want them or don't you? You can take them or you don't have to take them. Of course, I'm taking everything I can take for what they're offering. And they sometimes will let you choose from, a, say, a 301 to 302A, move that around a little bit. But here's your base trim level. Here's your things and here's your orders. And boom, here they come. Uh, and they were doing that on Explore, Escape, Bronco Sport. Uh, and then F-150 is going to be there just right around the corner. But I don't think we're going to see it on F-150 until 24 with the new body style and stuff, too. So basically, here's going to come in. <clears throat> here's your standard XLT. Here's your standard Lariat. Here's your standard XL. And here's your standard uh, Platinum. And here's your stock orders, how many you want, what colors you want, and, and away you go. So if a customer comes in and says, well, I want this other option, well, guess what you're going to have to do? Then you're going to have to order that truck yeah. uh, from that part. But they are going to go into standardizing what orders they're sending us for stock orders, basically what they're going to do. But they do, I, I hope they can get it to where they can, if I have to put a, a platinum order in or an XLT order in on an F-150, I just, we need to get it here in a, Reasonable amount of time. Six weeks would be perfect, in my opinion, to be able to put that thing in the in line and, and build it through there. But, but again, these we got to get this part situation figured out too. And I really do think the perception from the customers have changed over the last couple of years too. Of you know, hey, I want it right this minute. To understanding that it's going to be, I'm going to have to order it, and it's going to take a little while to get it too. Uh, and not just in our industry, just in in everybody's industry uh yeah. due to availability of components and stuff like that you know yeah no i get that too it is it's it's in everything that's out there right now and stuff you know it's it's uh anything you kind of want to order i think we're getting into a norm of thinking how long things are going to take i hope we get this whole supply chain turned around <clears throat> and i do think it's going to take till next june or yeah. somewhere at least or sometime in that time frame to, to get a more level playing field of getting this getting it leveled out to where the supply chain is where it needs to be and in not uh, having the prices high it is and then i next thing I, I just hope we can get back and uh get these interest rates back down i think it's i think they're too high that's just my opinion yeah i understand what they're i don't i understand what they're doing i don't like what they're doing they're doing it to try to slow down inflation but i think raising interest rates and everything else like that eliminates job I mean, we can get on and all that yeah. kind of stuff but that's i just hope we can get the interest rates back down uh at a reasonable number that's more affordable for everybody so they can afford to buy more things and do more things and stuff like that. that's what i hope I hope that's I hope that's around the corner and everything else from that standpoint too. So, anyway, Josh, to run out of time. Lots of stuff to talk about and everything else like that too. Uh, everybody, uh, you know, again, we kind of get to ride one on and forget about our sponsors <laughs> and everything else each and every time. But uh, do appreciate uh, BG Products, all the great preventative maintenance products we use right side here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Also, all the great partnerships we have with those guys, and uh, you know, they they come and get our cars and take them off a lot and uh, take them over there their facilities and their research and development and, and do different testing and stuff on it. And kind of like you get some free services out of for yeah. the next customer on that standpoint too. So anyway, and uh, big corner creative for all your advertising needs. Hey, if you got a company, a business or anything you need some help with advertising, Jesse has got a great crew of people down there that web page design, vehicle wraps, window wraps, direct mail, whatever it might be that you need to get your vehicle taken care of or advertise your business, whatever it is. 
Jesse and those guys, as they say down there, just Google it. So uh, big corner. Uh, God, I can't spit it out either. Go to rent. Uh, hey, Stan's got a great fleet of vehicles over there now. He's going to get some new vehicles over there tomorrow on Monday. Uh, we're going to move some new F-150s over into his fleet uh, from that standpoint. So a lot of exciting stuff happening over there and go to rent too. So if you're looking for a 12 or 15 passenger van, give Stan a call right inside here at Millhound Went Forward at go to rent. Hey, everybody have a great Saturday and uh, hope the rain. Uh, I know we need the rain too. So kind of ties up some of that racing. Dang it. <laughs> It's so. going to rain. It's going to rain today and tomorrow, too. So we just won't get it, get it going. Let's, let's and get, get her it done. We here. need to rain. I get yeah, it. Just, do. just don't rain on Fridays and Saturdays, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's all not I care specific about. Or anything, <laughs> yeah, no, but. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks again for watching, listening, and uh, all the comments and stuff, too. Everybody have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you next Saturday, 9 o'clock.